Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Service for all brands of print equipment in your office? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. It's 12.32 in Edmonton. Welcome back, everybody. You can text us on our Westlock Ford text line at 630-630. Here we go. Uh, Coach Mike has texted the show to say, hey, Bob, uh, this is a really good team the Oilers are playing tonight. They gave up 43 shots to Carolina. They skated circles around the Jets. The Oilers better show up because I'm getting tired of the excuses. That one comes to us from Coach Mike. This text out of Edmonton says, Shifley is a monster. I think Mark Shifley's a heck of a player. Love him. And they got him at a great price point, $6.1 million. Uh, this text comes in saying, Bob, Joe Morrow is out of Strathcona County slash Sherwood Park. Yeah, I thought the Morrows were from Tofield, uh, from that area. But I could, and, and Tofield is very close to Strathcona County. And you're talking to a former Strathcona warrior from back in the day. Warriors on the warpath. Ooh, ah. There you have it. Uh, yes, indeed. And then we used to get uh, lipped off when guys would make fun of the movie, uh, The Warriors come out to play. I think you know what I'm talking about here. This text comes in, Bob. How about Brooks, AJHL, being almost an entirely non-Albertan player roster? Kind of pathetic. They host nationals, so they abandoned Alberta kids. Well, I defer to uh, Brendan Escott. Brendan, is that correct? Brooks has got like a heavy... uh, uh, a, a heavy non-Alberta look for their AJHL team this year as they host the upcoming uh, Royal Bank Cup? If you look at their roster makeup over the even the last few years, it's predominantly Americans, a lot of them out of like New York State, uh, really? Connecticut, that kind of stuff. So, you know, credit to their recruiting abilities, but uh, given that it's the AJHL, you put some emphasis on the A, I would think. Okay. Uh, this text comes in out of White Court. Bob, Matt Benning isn't suited for the Jets game. This concerns me. Well, he's going to be paired with uh, Garrison. They're going to keep uh, Chris Russell with Darnell Nurse. So it's going to be third-pairing minutes tonight for Matt Benning, which I think he's shown over the last two years he can handle. And the Waxman has texted us from Raider to say, Bob, the Prince Albert Raiders are 9-1 and one to start the season. They are. And they have a player that is currently leading the Western Hockey League in scoring. He is 20 years of age. His name is Brett Leeson. And many of you who know football would remember his dad. Daryl Leeson made the Edmonton Eskimos in 1995 out of the Regina Rams. His dad, I would assert to you, was the best Canadian quarterback I saw for in the time that I was doing play-by-play uh, in, in the 90s into the early 2000s. Unbelievable. Uh, was on the Eskimos practice roster, ended up with uh, not decided to go to university, the University of Calgary, left uh, the U of C, went back to Regina, led them all the way to a Vanier Cup there his first year, because he had the redshirt year, his first year back. His dad was about six foot four, two 230 pounds. He could spin it, and uh, he could play. 
think he's still playing senior men's football in Calgary, but his kid, Brett Leeson, right now is leading the Western Hockey League in scoring as an undrafted 20-year-old, a six foot four right shot center slash winger. So, skating bit of an issue, but I think somebody, I could see a team like San Jose, because they often trade away their picks uh, being in the mix on Brett Leeson. All right, uh, let's do this. Again, you can text us at 630-630. Do you want to mention that guests on our show receive good certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse. Follow the sizzle to Alberta's own Roos Chris Steakhouse, 9990 Jasper Avenue. Without further ado, let's get to a pre-taped uh, version because Speck was in Winnipeg uh, with me of uh, Stopper Inspector for Horse Racing Alberta. And courtesy of our friends from Horse Racing Alberta, reminder, live standard bread racing Friday nights, Saturday days at Northlands Park. It is Stoffer Inspector brought to you by HRA Mark. We're here in Winnipeg. It's funny, a couple years ago, people looked at these two franchises, and a lot of people said, well, the owners have McDavid. They've got Drysaddle, Nugent Hopkins, et al. They're the team on the rise. Winnipeg uh, was very deliberate in their approach. Some people criticized the, the decision to, uh, they announced the decision in September. We all knew, actually, that the Jets had done the deals of Kevin Sheveldayoff and Paul Maurice long before that, but they were rewarded. This is a deep team, deep, deep hockey club, and I would argue right now on paper as good as any team as there is in the Western Conference. Well, and done the right way, the patient way through the draft, and don't forget Craig Heisinger's name in this, the right-hand man, uh, head of personnel for uh, Kevin Sheveldayoff. Zinger, you know, he's just one of those guys in hockey, Bob. He's a grinder, man. He's a grinder. He's yeah. in junior inks, and he's just one of those people, Bob. If Zinger thinks someone can play, I just assume he can play because he knows that, you know, he's a guy who knows his horses, but I'm very pleased to see a Winnipeg team that that has built the way you're supposed to build a team. They're deep. When they get an injury, the next guy up is good, uh, and I don't think they're going anywhere anytime soon, Bob. You know, and maybe it's coming from an Edmonton-centric perspective where we watched a dynasty in the CFL, a dynasty in the NHL as kids, but I'm not a guy that looks at other markets and wishes ill upon them in Canada, right? I'd, I'd rather see Winnipeg be successful in Los Angeles, be successful in the NHL, because I know what it means to the fans here. It is an interesting story, and it's also parlayed, you know, you take a look at the approach that uh, Mark Chipman and, uh, you know, uh, True North has had with this. I mean, they've technically they've got the richest owner in the National Hockey League, but it's seed money for the Thompson family, and I, I use the word family, because it is a family feel here in this organization, and for that matter, in this community. Well, yeah, and Mark Chipman's a guy, you know, here he is the, you know, a partial owner, so the, the face of the ownership group. I saw him in the press box every night that I'm here. I saw him here the other night. Stops, chats, talks, talk hockey. He's a regular guy. He's a community guy. You're right. Like, Winnipeg's a, a friendly Western Canadian center, and frankly, having covered all the teams in this league and been around for a while, Bob, this Winnipeg club is a friendly Western Canadian club, man. They, they welcome you when you come. The people involved are good. Uh, again, they've, they've done this the proper patient way, and even though they have a good team, you don't walk in here and find a, a group that uh, reminds you that they have a good team. They come to the rink, they roll the sleeves up, and you better you better show up when you're playing the Jets, so they'll put six or seven on you. Well, it's interesting, because some would say the timing's now. Uh, they're going to have some interesting decisions this summer. Kyle Connor and Patrick Laine are both finishing their entry-level contracts. Uh, you factor in that Tyler Myers is a UFA at the end of this year. Jacob Truba, a restricted free agent. By my count, 
uh, they'll probably have somewhere in the range of 63 to 64 million committed before they do those guys. So they've got some work to do. I don't know if they can keep all four, but uh, that being said, they got some terrific young defense prospects. So if they potentially decide not to re-sign Myers or conversely to trade Truba, they'll still have options because of their depth. I think they'll probably end up having to trade Truba and trying to sign Myers would be my suspicion. Uh, and the other options they have, you know, they've got some money committed to Brian Little, uh, who's just simply one of those those depth guys that makes you better. He's way better than people think. No one would spot Brian Little walking down the street, you know, in Toronto or Edmonton. But he's a really good player. But he's making five million bucks. Uh, uh, Nikolai Ehlers is a guy that's already been committed a bunch of money to. So, you know, six million dollars on a seven-year deal. Right. So, you know, they they may decide that if we're going to keep Kyle Connor, we got to move Nick Ehlers, and these are the decisions that come with success, Bob. That's just every team faces them. All right, so that's a, a bit of a look at Winnipeg and the intriguing scenario that they're in right now. And again, they are the prohibitive favorite, uh, I think, out of uh, the Central Division, at least from a, of the Canadian teams in the West. They're the best of the Canadian teams. They want to make sure that they don't have the fall-off that occurred in Edmonton last year, or for that matter, with Ottawa. Yeah, I, I wrote that on Sportsnet.ca today. I talked to a bunch of people in this organization. And, you know, the, what happens, Bob, we saw it at Edmonton. Everyone's three years ago in Calgary. You know, last spring, when they went on this run here, I covered every game, and this town's on fire, right? You come to the rink, they got the streets closed off. There's car flags. The patios are full. The, there's all kinds of media. The building's electric. Then you come back in October and all of that stuff's gone, right? There's just the Edmonton Oilers on a Tuesday night waiting for you in here. There's no bells, there's no whistles, it's not as emotional and you got to find a way, right, to manufacture, to play with the same emotion. you got to manufacture it yourself and we saw it in Edmonton, you know it was a sort of a blase team that didn't have a lot of hop to its step and and Paul Maurice is a guy who remember when he coached in uh, Carolina, Bob they went to the Stanley Cup final in 2002, they were the worst team in the league the next year so he's been through this he's aware of this he said he studied Ottawa and Edmonton and what went wrong there last year in those two centers so you know the Jets are three and two right now they're playing a okay hockey Laurent Brassois stole a game for him against Carolina and I was here he was fabulous uh, so they're a 500 team right now and, and they're kind of finding their mojo that they had last spring it's not as easy as it looks we know that in Edmonton the Stoffer Inspector brought to you by Horse Racing Alberta. Live racing. Again, standard bread style, Friday nights, Saturday days at Northlands Park. Mark that switch focus to the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, the Edmonton Oilers, as the team got through things on the game Saturday, New York against the Rangers, yep. that's about as much of a must-win game as you'll have three games in the season as it can be. <laughs> Are you kidding me? You're in game three, and it's must-win, and it felt like must-win. And I talked to the players. Milan Lucic said after the game, I said, what was it like in here after the second period? You're tied 1-1. You know you got to win a period to win this game. He said, it didn't feel like the second period. It felt like it, it felt like the uh, we were down two nothing in a playoff series and going into game three. Like, so you know what? Give them credit. The, the travel's been. I know it's, it sounds like an excuse, but let's face it. They've been on the road for two weeks. They haven't played a home game. Uh, the travel was, you know, a, a burden. Uh, they lost a couple games. They went in New York to a game they had to win, and they delivered. You know what? They went on the third period of a 1-1 game. They were the better team in the third period. Their power play got them a goal. Cam Talbot was fabulous, and they did what they had to do. Like the Jets, they're not playing their best hockey, the Oilers, but it's a matter of surviving here, get through October, get into November, get 
kept things going. And, you know, they always say it, Bob, first 20 games of the year, you can't make the playoffs. But you know you can miss the playoffs in the first 20 games. Oilers, with eight of their first nine games against teams that were in the playoffs last, last year, they have a tough schedule. They need two lines going. And that's where we're going to go next. McDavid's delivered. He's got five points in three games. Uh, Ryan Nugent Hopkins right now is the best possession metrics player on the team. That tells you that actually McDavid and Nugent Hopkins have been a more effective tandem when Todd's trying to slide Dreisaitl and Lucic out with uh, Connor a couple times. But here's where I'm going with this. Speaking of Dreisaitl, in his last 10 NHL regular season games, he is a minus player. Now, some people think plus-minus is overrated. An illustration, and we'll get to Paul Yarvey in a second, but Paul Yarvey makes a bad line change, and Dreisaitl, Lucic, and McDavid are on the ice for a goal against, against the Rangers. But he's still a minus player, 10 straight games, minus 16 during that time. And to me, we can discuss Paul Yarvey. We can discuss who comes in and out on uh, the third and fourth lines. We can discuss the defense. But until Leon Dreisaitl elevates, it's going to be tough for the Edmonton Oilers to win games against good teams. Absolutely, right? You need, you know, this isn't a team that's going to get a lot of scoring from their defense. We know that. Uh, so the onus is on the forwards, the depth forwards. And let's face it, third, fourth lines, if they get you a goal every second game, that's kind of what you're looking for. It's got to be that second line that, you know, that delivers, that gets you, that puts a goal on the board every game. You need a goal from your first line, you need a goal from your second line, and you need a goal on special teams somewhere, right, Bob? And if you do that, you know, now you got your three goals in a 3-2 league, you're going to win more than you lose. And and the one the power play's been all right. Uh, the first line's doing its job, so it's pretty clear, Bob. One more thing about plus-minus, too. I mean, in a small sample size, it is a, 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 how would I say, a bit of a prehistoric stat in the National Hockey League. You make a perfect example. But over the course of 10 games, if you're minus every game, I recall Neil Yakupov being the worst plus-minus player in the league when he was in Edmonton. Over the long period of time, it's an accurate depiction of your defensive effort. Yeah, well, Leon's going to have to elevate his play. No question about that. A lot of uh, comments about the handling of Yesapol Yarby. Mark, in each of the Oilers' first uh, three games, he has blown a line change where he's made it at the wrong time or lollygagged back to the bench and the direct result is there has been an open spot in the Oilers' kill zone for the opposition team. It ended up in the net against New York. Boston missed, uh, Brad Marchand missed a wide open net and New Jersey missed a great A scoring chance. And we look at Yessa Pugliarvi, and there is nobody more patient with young players than who, Mark? Yeah, than you. All right. <laughs> we look at Yessa Pugliarvi. There's something there, but he turned the puck over three times at the blue line against the Rangers, and in each of the last three games, bad line changes of which other players then come on the ice and are in a position where they can't catch up and they'll play and end up in minuses. These are the sort of challenges where it's tough to build currency, not just with your coach, Mark, but with your teammates as well. No, that's that's the most important place for Jesse Pugliarvi is, you know, we saw him take steps. I'm with you, and I always start talking about him by pointing out to everybody that he's 20, right? I know he's been around the team for a couple years. He's 20. So you have to be patient with 20-year-old players, regardless of where they were drafted. But we saw some things in the preseason. We saw the steps, right? He made a couple plays in the preseason that we have not seen. And I thought, great, here's a guy taking a step. Well, we're three games into the season, and... and 
you know, we're waiting for that now in regular season play. And, and you point out the defensive deficiencies. You know, young players have to survive defensively so they get a chance to be strong offensively. And at this point in the season, uh, you know, if, I'll tell you what, if the conversation's opportunity, there's a lot of coaches who would have Jesse Poyarvi in the press box right now for his defensive play. McClellan's playing him. I assume he's playing him uh, tonight. I haven't seen the skate yet. Uh, I, there is no quibble with Todd McClellan and the opportunity he's given Jesse Pugliarvi, not from this scribe. All right, final one for you. Todd McClellan, is the heat off because of that win? I mean, you know what the irony of the situation, and this is going to be a tough place to win a game, but the NHL never say never. And if the Oilers could somehow come back 2-2 two and two after all of the queries and the... Uh, inches of uh, columns that were write, written about the uh, you know the deathbed that the Edmonton Oilers were on and the inevitable changes that some felt must take place where's your headspace at i mean i you know you know me in this there have been times in the past with a couple of coaches i thought you know what we do need a coaching change but i think there needs to be a little bit of patience shown here oh for sure i mean i think this is a big big picture thing like if this if this Oilers project does not get back on track this year uh, you know in, they're going to be looking at every corner of this organization, and this isn't me firing people. It's just a, a, a fact. If you miss the playoffs again, there will be a, a long, forensic look at what's going on But, but pulling the Peter Laviolette, firing him three games in the no. year, the Denny Savard, four games in the year. No, not an experienced good coach that's... That would do nothing. This team isn't... You know, If this team doesn't perform in the first 25 games of the season, I'm here to tell you, it's not the coach, right? It's not the coach. It's A, the players. It's B, the players they don't have. It's C, the players they do have aren't perhaps good enough if this, if that's how it unfolds. Forget the coach, folks. Uh, this isn't something that a new coach is going to walk in here, change some lines, change a couple things. They did change out their entire coaching staff. You yeah. should note that. So, no, no. This isn't a coaching thing here, Bob. No chance. That's Mark Spector, Stoffer Inspector, every Tuesday on Oilers Now, brought to you by our friends at Horse Racing Alberta. A reminder, live standard bread racing Friday nights, Saturday days at Northlands Park. This is Oilers Now. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 12.53 in Edmonton. Welcome back, everybody. Oilers Now, Bob Stoffer with you along with Brendan Escott. The Oilers in the Winnipeg Jets night. Uh, the Jets off to sort of a tepid start, uh, but this will be a challenge for the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club. Hey, you can book now with New West Travel. We just completed our Oilers Now road trip to Europe. People were fantastic. They had a great time, uh, other than the uh, performance in uh, New Jersey for uh, the hockey club, which was locking a bit. But I'll tell you, the folks that went on the trip were terrific. We did events in Edmonton, events in Cologne, events in uh, Gothenburg, and you can join Oilers Now on two great road trips coming up next. Nashville and Vegas to see the Oilers play in two of the most exciting arenas in the National Hockey League. These Oilers now packages include airfare, accommodation, great game tickets, including a private suite in Vegas, all your uh, transportation. We're going to do welcome receptions uh, with special guests, parking at the Value Park at the Edmonton International Airport. Limited space to uh, get on these trips to see the Oilers in Nashville and Vegas. For the Oilers now, roadies call the travel experts at New West Travel. 780-432-7446 or online at newwesttravel.com. Oilers to make one change tonight. Uh, Evan Bouchard's going to get the night off. Going to get a chance for a little 
little look-see upstairs, and Matt Benning will draw back in the lineup. And uh, let's get to a conversation that we had with the Oilers' third-year defenseman, Matt Benning. Matt, back in there tonight. Uh, you know how you haven't had a, a lot of games in your first two years. How, how difficult was that for to get a bit of a reset, not playing against New York? Uh, yeah, I mean, we play this game to play, not sit in the stands, so that was tough. But um, I mean, it's part of the game. You have to perform, and, and that's just the way it is. So, just saw it from upstairs, and um, just looking to go in there tonight and simplify and and uh, play a solid uh, defensive game. When you're up there, does it give you the sense that maybe you have more time than you think or is it uh, or is it the exact opposite or is it it's, difficult to read that way? Yeah, I think it's a double-edged sword up there. You look like you have time and, and time but when you're when you're there you, you don't, right? So um, I think just seeing the play, making it right away, um, just make the simple plays and, and that is one thing that I saw. Um, so um, just just looking at it back there and simplify. Alright. Uh, now you might be paired with Jason Garrison today, you had been paired with Darnell Nurse. How does it change? Uh, because maybe you don't get as many minutes if you're playing with Garrison. Yeah, you just got to use your minutes to the best you can and just focus on playing well. Um, and I think that our structure we fall back on uh, to know where our teammates are. I mean, each, each player plays differently. I think Darnell kind of gets up in the play a little bit more than Jason would. But our structure we fall back on and we know where, where each other are. So I think that's, that's the most important thing. This is going to be a a challenge. This is a really good hockey team. They're yeah. big, they're heavy, yeah. and they're deep. Yeah, I think so. I think that they're fast too. Uh, they got a lot of guys up front that can fly and a lot of skill up front. So uh, it's going to be a good test for us. I think that the guys played a good game in New York and and uh, found found a way to to, uh, to get some points there. So I think that was important. I think we'll just carry it on tonight. I think that we know how uh, we need to play to get points on the road. And um, from last game, carry the same things over towards this game. All right, uh, that is Matt Benning back in the lineup tonight. We got time for uh, about 90 seconds worth of text. Let's get to it on our West Talk 4 text line at 1256 in Edmonton. Dudley says, Bob, I don't often disagree with Mark Spector, but this is one of those times. He is wrong. It is a coaching thing. The Oilers will make the playoffs this year, but it will be in spite of McClellan, not because of him. Take care. That comes to us from Dudley. Um uh, this text comes from Mitch in a grader out of Camrose. Bob, I may not have any hair left listening to Bob and Speck talk about Yessa Pugliarvi. He's trying to create. He's playing with two anchors. Play him with Leon to maybe jumpstart them both. As Craig Button and Frank Cervelli have stated over the past few days, the Oilers are failing Yessa Pugliarvi with his usage. Oh, and it's the coach and the GM, Speck. This pains me as an Oilers fan to say it, but to your point, how quickly things can turn, Bob. Look at Toronto. They finished last the year after Edmonton got McDavid. Now look at the two organizations. Amazing what good coaching and management can do for an organization. Thanks from Mitch in the greater. Well, I mean, the Oilers lost some depth in the trade for Reinhardt. We've discussed this before. Peter Shirelli was only in Edmonton less than two months when that deal went down. There were some other influences on that trade. They traded away two picks, and Kyle Connor could have been acquired. Brock Besser, you know, players of that ilk, with that 16th overall pick, Matthew Barzell. Uh, and then you had the Hall trade in 16, and that changed the complexion, and then the orders built a bigger, heavier team. And that was a philosophical approach from an organizational perspective. wasn't all on Shirelli. And it's one and two to start. 
and the the Oilers went uh, two rounds to the playoffs two years ago. The Leafs have not gotten out of the first round. They're off to a great start this year. Edmonton's played just three games. Off to a global news weather traffic update, Eileen Bell. And uh, coming up, Grant Fear to talk about making cocoa on Oilers Now. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.